Yeah. Uh, hey, welcome everybody to um, uh, another mini episode of 70 Movies We Saw in the 70s. I'm Ben Reiser, and across the internet from me is Mr. I'm Mike McPadden, author of uh, Teen Movie Hell and uh, Heavy Metal Movies. Somebody told me, somebody was listening to the podcast and was saying, you don't have to keep introducing yourselves. We know who you are by now. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who was this? I don't know. Some, <laughs> don't say the name, but. Uh... Yeah, some pain in the ass. Okay. <laughs> oh, by the way, I just yeah. got a, I just, right before we went on the air, got a response from. Uh, the person who will still remain nameless, I suppose, although they're not really, they don't seem to particularly care about about <laughs> being unnamed. But the person who uh, said that they uh, never never um, appreciated or even I, I thought had even watched Where's Papa because they were not George Siegel fans. Although this same person is a huge huge oh, yeah. Carl Reiner fan, but refused to. Like I guess TCM had a whole Carl Reiner day and night the other night, and this yeah. person couldn't uh, wrap their heads around the choices that TCM had made. <laughs> but, but TCM was basically showing <laughs> every movie that Carl Reiner had directed. It's I was like, gonna say, I mean, the entire filmography <laughs> is like, yeah, you know, up until uh, Fatal Attraction, which I can't imagine they got to. So here is this person wrote to me and said, I watched Where's Papa? I still can't say I enjoyed it because it's one big cringe and more outrageous than funny. But I have shorted it and giving it credit for just how outrageous it is. It's so genuinely out there and remarkably so for a film made by a major studio and directed by a totally mainstream guy nearing 50 at the time. God bless the period where the studios were so out of touch that they just throw stuff like this at the wall. And the most amazing thing to me is that there was a TV pilot based on this film nine years later. Well, yeah. um, I, I told I told this person to uh, listen to our podcast. Good. I tell every person yeah. to. And then, and then this person said, I will. I, just, I saw you just did The Jerk and Capricorn 1, two of my favorites. So oh, anyway, I, 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 I'm still, I don't know. If you don't find where's Papa funny, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I know. What are you doing? You know. And I'm talking to you, knowing this person. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know this person too, actually. <laughs> so, oh, um, anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, Mike and I just uh, just spent some podcasting time together, recording an episode of Crackpot Cinema, which I think will go on go out before this does. Or right around the same time. I don't know. I don't know what our schedule yeah, is. Yeah, I was thinking we'll space it out by a couple of days. So yeah, I was also thinking our next, our next seventy movies we saw in the seventies recording doesn't happen until August thirteenth. Oh really? Uh, I thought it was the fifth. I think it got reason. it got changed because our special guest was going to be camping on the fifth. Oh, correct, correct. So All we right. might need we'll to maybe we out, need to so. think about another episode for next week. Yeah, we got we're gonna have to bump one up. Yeah, we're gonna have to figure bump one up or yeah. come up with something. Maybe by the end of this episode, we'll have an idea for something else. Yeah, maybe Proper. maybe guest free. You know, I also I I hear yeah. that people love to hear us talk so much they don't want to hear the <laughs> especially this freewheeling, yeah. complete uh, no notes, no uh, prep. Uh, 
Well, I do. Spelunk. I did. I did. I did scramble up some some things to talk about, only because I find myself in a constant state of watching stuff based on whatever podcasts we've been recording or (laughs) engineering or listening to. Um, And then that gets added to the pile of stuff that I watch uh, for pleasure uh, with various members of my family, uh, which I thought we would talk about. But here's the thing. Here's what I here's the first thing I was wondering today. Um, do you listen to uh, your podcasts, the ones that you are on? Do you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my wife Rachel and I typically get in the car and drive around and listen. That's our version of going out. That's a, that's a night on the town at this point for us. Now, I don't know if you've if you've learned anything about yourself that you didn't want to know <laughs> based on these podcasts, <laughs> but for me. Listening back to to me on these podcasts, I, I the the most devastating thing <laughs> on a long list of things that I've uh, learned about myself as a broadcaster is that this thing that I have been rolling my eyes at and groaning about for I don't know thirty years uh, that Gary Delabate does, he does this thing when he speaks. He's he never finishes a sentence. He starts a sentence, then stops it halfway through, and then sort of rewrites that sentence, goes off in a different <laughs> direction. And I have always been annoyed by that, and, and but now have discovered that I do the same thing all the time. I am one of those people. Man, if you spot it, you got it. That's what we yeah. say. I don't notice you doing that. It certainly doesn't annoy me. I never noticed Gary doing that. So. Yeah. Um, but anything have you have is there anything about your your delivery that you've been like no I'm, I'm pretty happy our first episode of this podcast was was a, a horror show <laughs> that was like I was I almost drove the car into the Chicago River the first 45 minutes once we started talking about movies it was fine yeah I haven't gone back but the uh, middle-aged man catch-up was uh was a real treat and then we did that again and then it didn't but it didn't get recorded. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that was, at least that was for a mini episode. We can warn people. Yeah, about. Uh, well, that was a very that was a deep one. That the, the one that didn't make it. To yeah, the, uh, God intervened on there. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, here's a list of some stuff that I. Oh, so you had this idea uh, for us to do a mini episode about uh, um, a day that you and I spent together at the Kingsway. Yeah. Theater. In what year was it? 19... 1988. The year that uh, I graduated from college. And I got the boot from <laughs> yeah, college. Same thing. <laughs> um, so, you, so remind, uh, well, remind me and tell the viewers what it is we saw at the Kingsway that day. We uh, went to the Kingsway Theater on uh, Kings Highway and uh, it's on 16th Street. That's where the subway station is, but right around there. And... Uh, we uh, we saw Maniac Cop and World Gone Wild. Uh, briefly saw Slaughterhouse Rock with uh, Tony Basil as a ghost. The soundtrack by Devo. Uh, saw White of the Eye, and I'm missing one. Um 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 um. Was that it? We it was four of them. So wait, World Gone Wild, Maniac Cop, oh. White of the Eye, and Schoolhouse. Slaughterhouse Rock, sorry. Uh, Slaughterhouse Rock, yeah. But also at the theater that day was Woman in White, which we didn't bother to... 
We didn't see that. Right. Yeah. And, and I've never seen it. And I think there was one other movie playing that was like a non-genre film, I think. I don't remember. I found the newspaper ad. But anyway, I, I haven't gone back to rewatch all four of those. I can't find Slaughterhouse Rock anywhere useful. Is that on Blu-ray or DVD now? Or I don't know. Uh, but do you remember that. why? What what our impetus was? Like, was there one of those movies in particular that we were like, "Oh, we got to see this," and then we decided to make a day of yeah, it? Yeah, it was uh, Maniac Cop drew us in, lured us in, and I believe that was on a double bill with uh, World Gone Wild. Right. Okay, that makes sense. Now I don't think. And and you've got so such a much better memory than me, but I don't think I had associated Maniac Cop as being a Larry Cohen um, adjacent or Larry Cohen written film. I I, I yeah. certainly had seen Larry Cohen films and was a sort of a fan of his output back in the eighties. Uh, Q and um, what were the other ones? Uh, the stuff. the stuff, but uh, the stuff was a little bit later, I think, right? That was eighty five. Oh, so what? What year was Q? Eighty two. I feel like Q was my was my first Larry Cohen yeah. in a movie theater experience. I would, yeah, I would, I would agree. But yeah. what? And, and the stuff was the next movie he made after Q. No, because you know he made like the ambulance, oh, right, and special right. effects, all those movies that really only played Times Square. Yeah, um, <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm kind of stolen on what the other there ones was, are, There was but, something, uh, either there was something right before Q or right after. Another Michael Moriarty movie. Well, I guess the stuff is Michael Moriarty, right? Is he in the stuff? I don't Wait. I just remember Garrett Morris. Hang on. So, anyway, I, I don't think we went to see Maniac Cop thinking about Larry Cohen. Do you? I think we did, because it was the Cohen, the Bill Lustig... Maniac. I, I feel like that's all the, post. I feel like that's the name was weird. Well, yeah, the 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 you know the name yeah. sounds great. And here's the thing about Larry Cohen movies, for the most part, is not only do they have a sort of a great hook, either a great title or just a great sort of like one sentence con, you know, just like the idea, oh, maniac cop. That's that's good right there. But then he usually. Yeah. He usually winds up doing something with that. Like, there's more to it than just yeah. the hook. Um, but I don't remember liking Maniac Cop yeah. at the time. Do you? No, it was no good. <laughs> no, I didn't like it at all. And then and, uh, me and a future podcast guest saw Maniac Cop 2. Right. And it was a fucking masterpiece. Right. It was unbelievable how great it right. was. And... Uh, you know, he also made Island of the Alive and Return to Salem's Lot. A Return to Salem's yeah. Lot with Sam Fuller right. as a vampire hunter. Yeah. yeah, okay, so here's his filmography from 74 on. It's Alive, and then God Told Me To, and then The Private Files of J. Edgar Hoover, which I've been told is really good. Never saw. Um, Full Moon High. Right. Uh, that's in '81, but I'm still, I'm still okay. Sorry. In eight, in '78, it it lives again. All right. Um, see China and Die in 1981. Wow. Which apparently he's writer, director, and producer of. What's that movie? Don't and then know. Full Moon High, as you say. And then he was the writer of I the Jury. <laughs> 
Oh, that movie's yeah. great. I love that. I was thinking about that the other day for another podcast. Yeah. And then there's Q, which he wrote, directed, and produced. Uh, he wrote the story for something called Scandalous. Oh, that was uh, with John Gielgud. Yes, Rob, directed by Rob Cohen. <laughs> Starring Robert Hayes, John Gielgud, and Pamela Stevenson. Yeah. It was a, yes, yes, Pamela. It was a saucy British comedy. Is that yes. part of your teen hell pantheon? No, but Full Moon High okay. is. So. Uh, Perfect Strangers in '84. He wrote. He he wrote and directed, didn't produce. You know that one? No. It's an erotic thriller starring Anne Carlyle and Anne Magnuson. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Well, we got man. We got to track. Oh, that I down. think I in that King Cohen documentary. I think there's a bunch of footage from that movie. That looks good. That looks like he was like in downtown New York working with like performance artists and stuff and making those movies. I mean, clearly those yeah. two. Yeah. Uh, then in '85, the stuff. Uh, in '87, it's alive. Three Island of the Alive, which I've never seen. I saw it on. Cable. And Michael Moriarty is in that, and Karen Black. Okay. Um. And then a return to Salem's Lot with Sam Fuller. I don't think I've ever seen that. Have you? I saw that on cable at two in the morning. Is that terrible? Yeah, it's no good. I mean, it's funny watching Sam Fuller be a vampire slayer, but you know. Right. And then bestseller in '87 with James Woods and uh, um, Brian Dennehy. Dennehy. Yeah. I remember seeing that in a theater. Um, that's no good, but fun, I guess. Yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, Deadly Illusion, also in '87. Is that with Eric Bogosian? Uh Billy D. That... Williams, Vanity, and Morgan Fairchild. Oh, Damn. that's another movie that's... that's. Uh, I think he got thrown off of that movie, Larry Cohen. He got fired from that okay. movie. There's footage of... There's footage in King Cohen. Uh, so you haven't seen that documentary. I have, have, yeah, I have. There, remember yeah. that footage? There's not footage of Billy this, yeah. Williams. He's stranded on like a tugboat because they were shooting out in the New, oh, New York yes. Harbor. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, okay, and sure. The, the yeah. boat died or something, yeah. and they spent yeah. all day like... <laughs> That's right, do something. yeah. Um, yeah, and then 88, Maniac Cop. 89 was The Wicked Stepmother, and then... Oh, that's something. And, Eddie Davis's last. And then 90 was The Ambulance and Maniac Cop 2. Maniac Cop 2, he wrote and he wrote and produced? Yeah, wrote, wrote and, and produced, produced didn't direct. Think, yeah. He never directed a Maniac Cop movie, that Larry Cohen, did he? No. Nah. one franchise that he invented that he didn't uh, take an active hand in when it came to being on the set. Anyway, I did watch Maniac Cop the other day, again, first time in uh, since since our trip to the Kingsway. And I remembered everything that I didn't like about it, but I also appreciated it a lot more than... Um, I would imagine, yeah. I, I, you know, much like the Where's Papa hater. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's fun. I think, I, rem- I think at the time, I don't remember knowing that it was Larry Cohen. Uh, but I, 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 I guess I could have. But I guess I felt like... I'm pretty sure we did. It really felt like amateur hour to me. I remember when we saw yeah. it, and and yeah. and I don't feel that way anymore. There's some really great stunt work in it, like some really spectacular sort of like stuntman stuff, like guys jumping off roofs and landing on cars, and then the, uh, there's that great shot at the very end where the police uh, van goes off of the the police truck goes off of the pier. And, yeah, and, that's, and, that's the and Bruce stunt, Campbell's yeah. stunt double is like hanging on to it as it 
goes in the water and he falls off and it's it's good uh i mean that stunt is good the movie's not good but um i you know it does this interesting thing where it sort of sets up uh tom atkins as the hero of this movie and then he Mm -hmm. gets killed about two-thirds of the way through which i think was one of the things that made me think i don't know who the fuck made this movie when we were watching it <laughs> like it didn't didn't seem to have any idea uh, how to tell a story. Um, but now I think now looking now looking at it, I think oh they were they were fucking around with with structure and um, you know messing with our expectations. I suppose by killing off Tom Atkins when they do. I think who knows? Maybe yeah. I don't know. See, I, I think we definitely were. Larry Cohen aware because remember he he had he gave the uh, long interview in the research incredibly strange film book mm-hmm. and he came off rather um, humorless and pretentious which I've never seen him come off anywhere no, else right I mean it might have been a, a bad afternoon with uh, those weirdos from research so you think we walked in knowing that we were seeing the latest Larry Cohen yeah yeah for sure right. yeah. And then we stuck around for oh you know the other thing the the, the one thing I was wondering, um, you, you know the thing that bothers me about Maniac Cop is that it spends a lot of time trying. It's like one of these origin movies. It's like the first Friday the Thirteenth. Yes, it's a lot like the first Friday the Thirteenth, um, in that it, they spend a lot of time like trying to figure out who the killer is, like and you know. Is is it a dead person? Is it a, is the, does it turn out that the cop has never been killed, although they thought he was killed, and all this bullshit? But it's like, who cares about any of that stuff? It's like all you want to do. Just ugly. Yeah, he's yeah. Right, exactly. Um, but you know, who nobody's going to the movies to find out like the the backstory. No. And, you know, whatever. So that's the kind of thing that they throw out in Maniac Cop too, right? The rest of the Maniac Cop movies yeah. are just like. Yeah, no, we know who Maniac Cop Shoot him is up. by right. two, and he's just he's just awesome. <laughs> one thing, one thing about it that I was wondering about is that there is another St. Patrick's Day parade in that movie, full with cops. Oh, and I was wondering if they just took the footage from God Told Me to and reused it for this. It seems it seems almost crazy to think of Larry Cohen producing two films and and and. You know, getting all that footage, which is basically all stolen footage, right? From the, from right, the first yeah, same yeah, pe- from yeah. the God told me to, and then not just reusing that same footage for this. Uh, but I'll have to, I'll have to. That's a good call. I'll have to I mean, you know, it was ten or you know plus long years in the look of styles and uh, the city itself. So, uh, who knows? although I will say that. I don't remember this being a thing back even back in the 70s, but there's this thing in Maniac Cop, and it's sort of like a plot point, I guess. But all these cops are wearing white gloves all the time, not just not just when they're in their not parade, in the parade uniform. Just, they just walk yeah. through, like the Maniac Cop is always wearing white gloves, and that's sort of how you. Wow. But then there's all sorts of other cops that are wearing white gloves throughout. There's um there's this cop that drives the f- undercover female detective to the to the climax and he's wearing white gloves right. um uh so who, i don't know somebody got a free a free box of white <laughs> yeah. gloves in the weird water yeah apartment. yeah so let's make it work so then so then i also watched or tried to watch i couldn't take it after a while uh world gone wild with uh, now i loved it i remember loving you remember it. loving it at the kingsway 
At the Kingsway, yes. See, and I have seen it once since then, and I liked it again. You see, if I had to guess what film brought me to the Kingsway that day, I would have said World Gone Wild because Adam Ant is in it, and I was a huge Adam Ant fan all through college and would have been completely excited to see him in a movie. I think he had done that one... He'd done that one movie... Is it called Slam Dance? I remember Dance? on the Equalizer. Slam Dance, yeah. Which was like a year Right, which year, I yeah. hadn't seen. With Tom Right, Hulse. which never yeah. got a wide release, right? That was like an art no. house movie that no. everyone yeah. said sucked, and so I was like, ah, fuck it. Yeah. I think I did catch up to it on VHS, but can't remember a thing about it. Um, in, in, including the fact, does it have anything to do with Slam Dancing? Was it... Uh, well, no, that was it. That we had the uh, the soundtrack album at the uh, SUNY Purchase radio station, and it did not sound like slam dancing music. Yeah. Oh, here's so something annoyed. we can talk about. I yeah. I, I, I yeah. talked about this when I presented um, Suburbia, the Penelope Spheres Suburbia at yes. Cinematheque earlier this year. Um, what when the differences between slam dancing and moshing, and when yeah. the mosh pit suddenly became the thing that everyone said instead of ever mentioning slam dancing ever again. Like, we grew up with punk rock and slam dancing. Yeah. And moshing, I, at first to me, was much more... That came more out of a, thrash. That came out of the punk metal crossover. I was going to say metal. Like, and I thought it was more of a metal fucking thing. Anthrax had a song called Caught in a Mosh. So, that's when I started hearing it. Um, the first time I heard it was, remember... Uh, Tracy Lord's ex-lovers played uh, the Middle Battle of the Bands in Staten Island. Yeah. And uh, there were signs on the walls that said, no moshing, no moshing. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny that you mentioned that because the story, the, the story that I tell, that I told when we showed Suburbia was shortly after that Tracy Lord's gig, um, uh, I had met this girl who lived on Staten Island that night. and uh, Poison. Hmm? Her name was Poison. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I don't know. And, and she kept saying, not like the band. Not like right. the band. And so Poison. she invited yeah. me back out to Staten Island a couple weeks later to hang out with her friends. And it was like the craziest night. You probably remember more about it. Not that you went with me, but I'm wow. sure I told you about it. But we wound up at this guy's house. The Wacky Mansion. The Wacky Mansion uh, where somebody had made some horror films. There was this sort of infamous Staten Island I forget I forget the name but, but there was at least one horror movie that was You don't shot. remember the name? No, do you? Oh my god, yeah. The guy you were talking to the owner of the wacky mansion because yeah. everybody there was yeah. like you know on mescaline and, and you were He was just, this you. guy who would invite teenagers on Staten Island. It was Island. like did you ever read that Paul Zindel book Confessions of a Teenage Baboon no. set on Staten no. Island? That's all about kids that hang out in the house of this guy who just lets them oh, party there. so it's that thing. So that's exactly the okay. story you've set up. But uh, at the Wacky Mansion. So he was telling you about this guy who shot this movie there, and he goes, he smelled so bad. It was Andy Milligan. Oh, yeah, Andy Milligan. Right, 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 right. Who was the, you know, the, the Orson Welles of unwatchable Staten Island horror. Right. That he's the one who that the subject of my favorite. Right? Yeah. Yeah, nonfiction book of all time. Yeah, yeah, he is the gas. So, do we one. know yeah. which Andy Milligan movies were shot in a in a Staten Island 
mansion. A ton of oh, them. Like, his like costume horror films were all shot out there for under ten thousand dollars a piece. Yeah. Right. And do they talk about Andy Milligan's smell in the gasoline one? Is that like a famous? Element they talk of- about his general. Uh, <laughs> yeah. His his overall foulness and nastiness and yeah. He was aggressive in every possible way. So I could imagine him cultivating a reek. So I went over to Poison's house or somebody's house in Staten Island and I brought with me my VHS copy of Suburbia. Like we were going to watch movies and they had never, right. she said she had never seen Suburbia and I was like, oh, that's great. And I remember having the argument with, with her and her friends that night about slam dancing versus moshing because they were all talking about moshing and mosh pit. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. This is slam dancing. Well, <laughs> well, slam dancing, as we understood, began as pogoing, yeah, and then people would just bump into each other, and then it became slam dancing, and then the moshing evolved out of hardcore. It became like where the punk and metal nexus started to meet through hardcore, and then thrash, and then there was like actual dance moves and stuff involved. Yeah, but even in high school, I I knew kids who were in hardcore bands. Um, and I had the, I knew this guy David Sardi, who then became like a sort of famous music producer, uh, but he was in a band called um, Squirm. Yeah, yeah, Squirm. And, they were hard. And there was this album, yeah. a compilation album called "Rotten to the Core: The Best of Big Apple Hardcore" or something like that. Yeah. And that, and so I learned all about slam dancing and what that was at you know at, at those shows and through that album. So. Slam dancing, at least East Coast hardcore bands use the word slam dancing. And I don't remember yeah. anyone ever saying the words mosh. Until pit. Thrash and Anthrax, had they codified it with caught in a mosh. Caught in a mosh. So. Caught in a mosh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, how did we get started talking about this? Oh, so World Gone, World Gone Wild, World Gone Suburbia. Wild yeah. and Adam Ant. And so that was the... So we stuck around and watched. And then, all. didn't Poison have like a drug freak out on you or something? Didn't like no. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. You were not with. You were with Poison's friend. Poison was the little blonde girl who was in Troma's War. Remember, she worked at Troma. Well, the, there was a there was a girl who I went to high school with who wound up working for Troma. And now she's like some weird sort of hard rock uh, cover band lead singer. <laughs> Because <laughs> wow. I and I can't remember. At <laughs> Chad knows her name. I'll figure out who that. I had a conversation with him about her not too long ago. Uh, I all I know I know the name of the girl who's who's who I uh, went to Staten Island to see. Her name was Jan. Right. Poison was her little right. pal. But her yeah. name was Janice. And the next time and last time I saw her, she came to Brooklyn for a funeral. And then, like after the funeral, was it, it might have been. <laughs> but after the funeral, she came up. She came over to my house. And she came up to my bedroom and started leafing through my records and realized that I was not not on the same page with her musically. You know, I had all yeah, right. this new wave stuff, and <laughs> and she and I didn't have any I didn't have any of the metal or thrash or any stuff. I think you might have had a mohawk at this point too. Well, here's the, here's okay. <laughs> this is here's my favorite one of my favorite like examples of me having no clue and no self-awareness it was you and I wandering through King's Plaza one one evening I and I had shaved my head I think 
almost completely. You had a mohawk. I don't know if I had. I never had a mohawk. I one time shaved half, like the left you side half of my your head, head once. Right. This yeah. I think I just taken it all off at some point, and that was not a thing to I do. I was completely bald. I think you had some kind of hair on your head. Well, some girl came up to us and she said to me, "I think uh, you look gorgeous yeah. or something. You're so good yeah. looking." And I like. She's like, you're, you're so, so hot. hot. You're right, so hot. Right? Come with me. Come with me. Yeah. <laughs> I totally took her at face value. And you immediately had to sort of pull me over and say, dude, she's fucking yeah. making fun of us. <laughs> she's making fun of us. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for yeah. bursting my bubble there. Mike. Sorry. But that was, you know, <laughs> you met your wife in college and I met uh, Mike Spring. Well, so that, that, <laughs> that was the difference. That shaved head of mine whatever it was got me in got me in so much trouble in Brooklyn. I mean there was that Kings Plaza thing. And then I also I had worked during during college um maybe the early years in the summers um at Captain Video. Oh and, yeah, on Avenue uh T. Right. And then right? after college I came back and I was like, "Oh, maybe I can get a job there again." And I Called them up and said, "Hey, I'm Ben, and you know I worked for you for a couple of years. I'd like to." And they said, "Oh, come, come in." I came in, um, and they interviewed me in person again, and they got one look at me with my shaved head, and I think I was wearing like a like a like the closest thing I ever had to like an army coat, which was not really an army no. coat, but it was like a green something, and they. You know, I think I looked like Travis Bickle at the end of Taxi Driver, and they were right, like, sure. yeah. they're like, no, you're not. You're not coming back, and you're yeah. not going to work for us. Unimaginable in these times. Yeah. Even, like, you know, five or ten years later, yeah. it was completely different. Yeah. So. Uh, so, World Gone Wild. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. So, have you seen it? Have you... Have you uh, no, nah, I haven't seen it in 30-plus years. Well, it's got Michael Perret, who I've always despised. Um, uh, Brooklyn Zone. Yeah, and I mean, maybe it's really the son of my cousin's dentist. You know, the movie that came up recently for, while we were doing something else was um, the Philadelphia Experiment, which I don't think I ever right. actually sat through. Me I neither. feel like maybe I need to watch that just because Stuart Raffle has made some oh, yeah. some watchable films, yeah. and so no reason I think that this would be unwatchable, except that it does star, star Michael Perry, who I always thought was just like the worst actor. The worst. Like, I mean, he's like Joe D'Alessandro skills <laughs> with none of what Joe D'Alessandro brings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll say the one thing, the one weird and sort of like, huh, moment uh, in the first 45 minutes of World Gone Wild before I bailed. Because, you know, it's really just, um, it's uh, Seven Samurai in, in, in the, the Mad, Mad Max, Max world. world. Yeah. Yeah. But it might as well be like a Western, you know, it might as well be Magnificent right. Seven. Um, and but it's and a, and a sort of a weird uh, or a not weird enough performance by Bruce Dern. It's like a strange, As Ethan. A strange, he's like a hippie. Yeah, he's like yeah. a hippie. But he walks around with this like metal pole that he pokes people with, and and Michael Pere is wearing uh, a jacket, kind of like a satin jacket that's kind of like what Ryan Gosling is wearing in The Driver. Um, which doesn't yeah. really make sense for this Mad Max world, but nothing does in this movie. But I'll yeah. say the strangest thing is at the very beginning, uh, what's her name? Mary, St- Mary, it's not Mary Stewart Masterson. Stewart Masterson? No, it's not. No, she, uh, Catherine Mary Catherine Stewart. Catherine Mary Stewart. Like the dumbest looking of all the three named um, 
actresses of the time. For sure. Yeah. Uh, she plays. She's in this little, you know, Hamlet where where that it's about to get raped and pillaged. But in the first scene, she's teaching kids on a school bus. Like the, the they've they've converted a school bus into a classroom, and she is taking roll call. So she's calling all these kids' names, and one of the, she she calls that one of the names on the list is Lem Dobbs. She's like, is Lem Dobbs here? And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> right. This is screenwriter. It's like the weirdest call out to uh, Lem Dobbs. Uh, no idea why. I remember uh, a little witticism in there. Like, wasn't their Bible the uh, Iacocca, the Lee Iacocca book? Uh, memoir? I don't know about that, but the the Bible that Adam Ant and his right. and his. I remember that. It was the wit and wisdom of Charles Manson. Yeah, God, what a memory on you. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's possible that the other people pray to Iacocca. I don't know. I don't. I don't think I got that yeah. far. Um. So, uh, yeah. I so I didn't. Why do the eye? I've seen uh, maybe every ten years or so. That's a movie that right. I really did think was really good. That that day we saw at the Kingsway, and I I still think holds up. It's a really creepy. What's that guy's name who directed it? Roger Donald. Oh, Camel. Donald Camel. Right. 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 Yeah, of the performance, Donald Camel, and yeah, uh, yeah. what are his other movies? God, I'm blanking out. Jesus, they're all kind of amazing. He wrote the screenplay for something not too long before he died. That was totally well. His filmography on on um, Wikipedia is pretty bare. Uh, Duffy. Oh, here we go. Yeah, performance. Demon Seed. Yes, he wrote that. Yes, and. Somebody else directed. Right. Why do the eye? Uh, something called Wild, Wild Side. Side. What is yeah. that? That's a pretty good movie. That's uh, with Christopher Walken, Anne H, and Joan Chen. Oh, I've seen that movie. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. That's a good yeah. movie. Yeah, it's like a crime yeah. movie. Yeah, that is a good movie. So I didn't rewatch that. Tilt. That was the fun. Oh, that yeah, was yeah, it. Yeah. Tilt. That's right. I heard it from Tilt. you. <laughs> Tilt. That was the mind blowing thing. He was at some point. Writer on Tilt with Brooke Shields. So, uh, here's something. What have you been watching when you're not watching uh, shit for your million podcasts? Or does that take up all your time? That takes up most of the time. Other than that, I'm watching like stupid television shows. So. Yeah. So, I'll, let me tell let's go. Let's trade off some stupid Please. TV shows that we're watching. I have started to watch against all my better instincts because I'm not a fan of Steve Carell, but I have watched like the first six, and I don't even know how many there are. Probably can't be that much more than this. Episodes of Space Force on Netflix, Uh, mostly because I I sort of I'm always interested to see what John Malkovich is up to, and he's in it, and he is funny in it. It's not a terrible. I read such bad things about this show, and I don't even know why I forged ahead. And started watching it because we're locked in the house. <laughs> we can't yeah, go it's totally watchable, and there's at least one right. funny moment in each episode I've seen so far. So right. there's that. Okay, what do you got? Uh, well, I'm I'm completely ninety day fiance up the wazoo. Every iteration of it. Now, what's uh, that on? Is that a Netflix thing? That's on TLC. Oh, TLC. Do you have like the TLC app that you can pull up and watch? Uh, no. I'm not that. I'm an old man at what this point. What do you do? You have like stuff. TiVo kind of stuff? Like you. We have. Uh, cable and you DVR shit? Sling. Oh, Sling. 
whatever the sling is, yeah. So, uh, yes, I watched that. I watched uh, Love on the Spectrum. Yeah, if I'm not watching movies, yeah. I watched like dating Good. Love shows on the Spectrum. <laughs> I, I've watched the first episode of that, and we're anxious to get to episode two. Now, is this a here's what <laughs> I need your professional opinion. Is Love on Please. the Spectrum like this great groundbreaking, like, oh, look, like, you know, all inclusive, like these, you know, look at all this stuff? Or is it the most exploitive, like. I, I think it's, I, I tend toward the former. I thought it was sweet and it uh, let us get to know people we might otherwise n- never get a chance to know and see how they function in there. Is the whole circumstances? Is the whole series all in Australia or New Zealand or wherever the fuck they are in episode one? It's Australia, okay. yeah. Yeah. I also mostly watch Australian television. <laughs> I just we watched two seasons of Love Island Australia. Now is Love on the Spectrum Which was like a, it was like a hundred hour a hundred hundred hour undertaking. <laughs> oh my god. Um it was insane. Is, is Love on the Spectrum something that's been broadcast in Australia like years ago or something, and we're just catching up to it on Netflix? Well, that's the weird thing. You find out that these things are like eight years old, but I, I don't know. It seems new, like the 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 sort of videography. Yeah, totally, of it. yeah. Um, yeah. I've got now. Here's I was going to ask you later on if there was uh if there are any genres of you know films that you've never been able to get into. Or genres that took you a long time to finally take an interest in, and then yeah, that's interesting. But apropos of that future question, we've got a 16-year-old in the house who is yeah fairly heavily into anime, which is something that I cannot, right. for the life of me, comprehend any bit of but he convinced us last night to watch the first episode of something that's on netflix and i think this is fairly new or at least fairly new to netflix it's called food wars which of course sounds like one of five million sort of food competition shows that are on netflix yeah but this is an anime and the cgi movie food fight yes you see that yes uh (laughs) but this is anime and it's an it's like a sort of an anime about the, but the kid instead of like the main character in this anime instead of sort of fighting space aliens or monsters whatever usually happens right. in it he his dad owns a restaurant and he is a fledgling chef and he gets he winds up going to like this food academy where they teach him how to cook but it's this total fucking anime thing so it's all the anime tropes uh you know yeah, no, lightning I, I, bolts and all i've that never shit. been able to, i i punched that with alakazam the great yeah. remember that movie yes. he's the show on channel 11 yes. which was which was cool because right. it looked like a regular cartoon right or speed racer no, I, I, I suppose I, is like the is right, our anime right <laughs> that's the closest thing to what we understand as anime no no it's impenetrable to me it always has been i can't stand it I used to try and get high and watch it. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that would help. Mm-hmm. I took acid and tried to watch mm-hmm. it. And I would, like, I remember once, like, getting so mad that, like, I had wasted acid trying to watch this stupid fucking tank police, it was called. Right. That uh, I was threatening to throw the television out the window in my friend's apartment on 8th Avenue. <laughs> well, so our 16-year-old sits down with us last night and makes us watch the first episode of Food Wars. And the thing about it, that I only reason I'm even talking about it is it's not only is it an anime and not only is it about food instead of aliens uh, or computers right. or robots or whatever. Um, 
it's one of those sort of erotic anime <laughs> series. Oh, jeez. Every time this kid cooks something, he feeds it to some hapless woman who happens to be in the scene with him. And right. whenever a, a female character takes a bite of food in this series, she immediately has an orgasm. And it's like, you know, represented in typical anime fashion with like fucking psychedelic, you know. And, and, mm. and of course, it's got those American, you know, voice actors who are so totally over the top with every single thing yeah. in there. Like the women are like, ah, 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 they take a bite. <laughs> you got to just check out 10 minutes of this fucking show. I, and tell I'll, me if it's I not. Will. You know what? I did like, uh, I took my nieces to see uh, whatever the, the anime version of The Borrowers was. I think it was called The Secret Life of Arietti. Yes. And we enjoyed that because it was like a, a story that we could follow. Uh, you know, Miyazaki and those Studio Ghibli films. Yeah, I, I, that's very different. I like those. Yeah. And yeah. The, I don't Yeah, I don't me too. I'm with those. you on that. Yeah. I'm and I saw one. Else. Now, I'm glad you asked this because I saw one called Grave of the Fireflies. That oh, was a yeah. World War II. Yeah, yeah. We that showed that at really the good. Wisconsin Film Festival one year. Yeah. Also really good. Yeah. But your standard anime has always baffled me. I first started seeing it at purchase. And I'd be in a room with people going, this is so beautifully animated. I was right. like, this is dog shit. What was that wild. first anime thing that sort of crossed over and people were upset? It was like a... Akira. Akira, Yeah. Mm-hmm, which yeah. I finally caught up to. I don't think I watched it at purchase, or if I did, I have no memory of it. But caught up to it at the UW a couple of years ago. And I was like, I don't, I still don't understand why anyone's watching these things. No, it was no. Yeah, but that's uh, that's what all the kids are into. All the kids in my family, all the kids I ever meet. Yeah. Now, also on Netflix, um, Street Food Latin America. Which is season two of Street Food after Street Food. I, I watched one. a little of that. That was pretty good. Yeah. That's like a combination of the food porn shows with the poverty porn because every episode is like, <laughs> you know, people <laughs> right. making their tamales on the street. But yeah. then there's a lot of backstory of like, this is the woman's life story. You know, she got thrown out of this house yeah. and she's been living on the street for 20 years and then people discovered her tamales and now she's all right. But there's right. a lot of poverty porn in that show. Um, I did watch a couple of movies, now that you mentioned oh, I watched Report to the Commissioner from 1975. Oh, yeah. How is that? With Michael Moriarty. Right. Uh, it's 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 really pretty good. Moriarty plays it... I mean, he's never a bad actor, but he plays it way wrong. Hmm. He's uh, supposed to be this guy who's reluctant. He's on the force to try to make up for his dead brother and impress his father. But he comes in like a fucking Vietnam vet acid casualty, like... Completely wigged out. They never would have let him on the, you know, Yafit Koto is his partner. And, but, you know, certainly worth seeing. And, and you know, shot in Times Square in 1975. So Right. And then we watched A Different Story, which I had always wanted to see with uh, Perry King and Meg Foster. Oh, wow. He's gay right. and she's a lesbian well, and they we fall talked in to, love. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we saw the, I saw the newspaper yeah. ad in one of our old episodes. Old. <laughs> one yeah. of our previous episodes and you were telling me about <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. Because uh, for an upcoming project, I have a whole bunch of Blu-rays I have to review in a hurry. So <laughs> I did start working my way through those this week. So how is so. a different story? Is it good? Uh, no, it was not good, but it was uh, fascinating. And, you know, my favorite thing doing these podcasts is to try to really imagine myself being in a theater and watching this. Mm-hmm. Especially so, like a different stories, like this romantic movie. Like if I, if you were on a date, right, in your twenties, and you took somebody, or you're married, you go with your wife, right, 
it would be real baffling. Well, the, you you said this funny thing to me, and I I've been trying to like wrap my head around it. Um, the idea because I, I I got you to watch Windows, and, oh, yeah. and you said you were trying to imagine like yeah. taking somebody for a date night, taking your wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have been very slow and. Even though we've now been at it for like six months, I feel like we don't binge watch. Like, I won't watch more than one episode a day of something. I don't know. I just can't do it. I'm just not into it. it. But so we are still, we started very late and we're taking it very slowly, but we are continuing to watch Shit's Creek. Oh, that's great. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I watched the first episode early on and was like, eh, never mind. It's just another sort of depressing, like, the former glory stars of SCTV, yeah. like, you know, pimping. And I thought themselves. the name was cutesy and yeah, but no, no, I, I, I came to love it. Yeah. And it's nice to see Chris Elliott always. Always. Yes. Uh, we are in that category working our way through new girl, which was a show we watched the first time. And I think that's one of the funniest sitcoms ever. Okay. I, uh, I'm certainly check that of out. the, of the 20th century. Of the past twenty-five years, uh, terribly underrated, I think. So, new girl, everybody. Uh, where is that available these days? That is available on Netflix. Oh, okay, good. All right, yeah. I'll check that out. You know, every time you you mention liking comedy, I have to remind myself that you raved about that. Uh, what is it? The other guys? Is that Wahlberg and? Oh God, Fun- I, what can I tell? Yes, yeah, the other guys paralyzed me. Yeah, have you watched it again? I was at the drive-in, slumped over. No, no, I'm not going to risk that. That sweet, precious memory. No. Uh-huh. I was slumped over in like camping chair, just like begging, like begging for air. Wow. I was laughing so hard. Wow. It was too, too. No, it was I can't. The whole movie killed me. Yeah. It was when they they make Will Ferrell shoot his gun into the ceiling, and then they take it away and they give him a wooden one, mm-hmm. and then later he hits Marky Mark in the nose with it. Uh, when Marky Mark goes to Will Ferrell's house and Ava Mendez is his wife and Marky Mark doesn't believe it, he keeps going, who is that? He's like, that's my wife. She's not here. She's kind of a plagiarist. He's like, no, no, no. Who is that? That killed me. Uh-huh. And then uh, the homeless guy's breaking into his car to have sex. <laughs> he goes, yeah, it's been happening. They call it a soup kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, anyway. no, I'm not going to revisit. Okay, that. but I, so that's why. And I, weirdly, that's the one of those Will Ferrell movies that's never on TBS because I've seen all the other ones seventy times, including like the campaign and stuff. Yeah, have you watched this new one um, where he's like the singing duo? Oh yeah, yeah the uh, the Eurovision one. Yeah, I thought that was pretty good. It was okay. Yeah, yeah I bailed. Uh, uh, everyone else. Watched the whole thing, but I was like, after half, after half. You of know it, what like, did kill me was uh, the wrong Missy, the David Spade. Oh my uh, god! I tried to watch that. That was so. I, I need to get back to that because that was like I loved sh- shockingly it. Oh sort of like wrong, so wrongheaded. It, it probably is great. It is great, and the, but it's that actress, and I can't think of her name. Right, I mean, that is really a stunning <laughs> star is born performance. Right, there. you know what it you know what it reminded me of a little bit was, uh, and I don't know, maybe you'll know why. I don't even know why I why I say this, but it reminded me a little of, of like Martin Short's performance in Clifford, 
<laughs> oh sure, like yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. No, I mean, no, that's it. Just the the, the classic anarchist, right? Yeah. Like a Dennis the Menace, but as a as a ro- right. rom com. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, um. Okay. Here's something I started watching on Netflix. Because I don't know how I fell down this rabbit hole, but there, I guess there's a newer. Oh, there's like a new Scooby Doo movie called Scoob. Scoob. Yeah. Right. But I was reading a review of that, which said it was awful. But then they said the best Scooby-Doo thing ever was this series from, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or a little less called Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which I had never heard of, never seen, but it's on Netflix and I started watching it and it is pretty good. It's sort of like a, you know, it's sort of like the Wes Craven scream version of Scooby-Doo, which you, you know, would think would be terrible, but it's sort of. It's genuine enough, and it's kind of like funny enough that like you can you can live with that. So if anyone's looking, well, you know the the Scooby Doo Kiss meet the Scooby Doo meets Kiss movie was great, very funny. You know, like super hip, super extremely well done. When was that from? Um, not that long ago because I showed it to both my niece and nephew, and he's only eight. You got scared of Kiss. Um, so who, but who, but was Kiss officially involved with the movie? Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the voices oh, it of the Kiss. It is the voices yeah. of the actual Kiss. Yeah, and they're solving a mystery at an amusement oh, park. So right. it's like a lot of, you know, in-jokes oh, about Maybe Kiss it's that same team. They might have done it pro- that. I would yeah. imagine it is, yeah. Okay. Um, oh, and then finally, here's my last, well, not my last, here's my last Netflix show. And I think this originated not on Netflix, but it is on Netflix now. There's this Garth Brooks documentary the road i'm on and i think it's only two parts but they're both like an hour and a half each i think it was on like biography or bravo or some something like that but wowee is that some documentary but garth brooks is so (laughs) fucking out of his mind you know and i and i turned it on just because i kind of wanted to see what they would say about that uh thing where he like created the character like the rock star uh chris gaines chris yes. gaines yeah but they barely got to chris gaines before the end of the first hour and a half episode but it was still mesmerizing my friend kira's father was a big fan of the chris gaines album <laughs> yeah well that's the thing a dentist he used to play it in his office after yeah. watching this thing i wanted to listen to the chris gaines album but i couldn't find it anywhere yeah. like it's not on you know amazon wow he's like stalinized yeah it, huh? yeah. yeah yeah damn um I did watch two of the new Netflix movies, Extraction and Old Guard. Um, What's Extraction? Oh, I fucking hate Charlize Theron. Right. I hate well, her. Well, Old Guard is terrible. Everyone keeps saying it's great. It's another stupid superhero yeah. movie, and it's bad. Extraction right. is also bad. That's one of the Hemsworth brothers. Chris Hemsworth, right. maybe? Right. Another action movie. But it does have... You know, I know you hate... All kinds of digital filmmaking yes. techniques, and yeah. especially when it comes to like Mad Max or action movies. Yeah. Um, but I think that you know, within that genre, there are there are occasional sort of little mini masterpieces of action sequences that you know, like there's the. Did you see Atomic Blonde with Charlize Theron? No, no, I can't. I can't look at her. I get very angry. Right. There's a great, great fight scene in that movie that goes on and on and on up and down staircases and blah blah and there's a scene kind of like that in extraction but even more so it's it's got to be like 15 minutes of what like a combination uh car chase and fight and kind of like the uh chase in the middle of um the Catherine bigelow uh uh point break um right 
you know, it feels like it's one shot. You know it's not one shot, but it's still pretty impressive. Anyway, that's Extraction. Um, then I'll, I'll say this, because we're deep into a, a mini-ep, so hopefully I won't get in trouble saying this. My take on Charlize Theron has always been this. Now, now you haven't worked in a lot of offices in your life, have you? Uh, I've worked in offices, yeah. Okay, so... <laughs> There's always, like, one tall blonde woman in the office mm-hmm. that the other women have crushes on and go, oh, she's so beautiful. She's so gorgeous. And she's just, like, this fucking ice dullard. That's Charlize Theron to me, exactly. Yeah. There's nothing interesting about her. I've never seen... I'm not impressed by her stupid Aline Warno stunt. Uh, let alone any of the other crap. Let alone, like, the superhero shit she does now. So. She's yeah. a she's a fan of prom night too. Hello, Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. Wow, she's got that. I was uh, <laughs> watching that at the exact moment my mother and grandmother came downstairs, right when the girl was walking nude in the <laughs> hallway in high school. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a you know that's a movie that came to mind when I was watching um, uh, Malibu High. Uh, that you, you guys were oh, you yeah. guys were talking last sure. night about women who are naked throughout much of a movie that was seemingly yeah. without any care in the world, and that yeah. Betty Lou that, that, that that's that's, that's true. Right up An there. excellent point. Yeah. yeah. And wh- how did how did that come up that Charlize Theron was talking about? Uh... They did they did an episode of How Did This Get Made, uh, which we should probably shouldn't oh, be plugging, okay. yeah. <laughs> but about yeah. Betty Lou. And she and Seth Rogen were the special oh, guests. Oh, God. Oh, there's a one-two punch for you. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, um, but, you know. I will, so I will, you know, you know, I was at Mr. Skin. You know, I, I was smart enough to stick around. You know, right when they started making the Larry Flint movie, like when they were in the office is when I, I quit Hustler. Uh-huh. Which was a brainiac move yeah. of the century. Yeah, but I did stick around for when uh, Knocked Up was happening for Mister Skin, and uh, you know, really had to play along with that. And they flew me out there, and I was interviewing those guys. Oh, did I you? Just, you really? You had to like deal with Seth Rogen and. Well, I mean, they, and again, they and they were very pleasant. Sure. they were. They were certainly, but uh, I hated the fucking movie. I hated it, and uh, you know, I had to just play along because. I'm still living off of those proceeds that come in from... from <laughs> Wasn't there... But now, okay, again, not to question your sense of comedy, and I appreciate your yeah. sense of, I appreciate your Thank taste you. in comedy yeah. in that it's, you know, it's more generous than mine, and it's wide-ranging. Okay, yes. But wasn't there a sort of later period Apatow movie that you actually thought was really good? I feel like there was one of them, like, This Is Us, or This Us at oh, 40, no, or... Oh, the, uh, the Amy Schumer movie I thought was good. Trainwreck? Train wreck, oh, yeah. Okay. Except for the fucking Apatow shit, like having the celebrities, celebrities yeah. and the cartoon crap. Yeah. Well, what else is there in that it's movie? It's so lazy. <laughs> I mean, I, I thought Amy Schumer and um, uh, Bill Hader were good, and I thought that was a, I thought it was a well done story about a contemporary person that, you know, in a less douche time where where. You know, Apatow would be a major filmmaker. An actual filmmaker could have done something really good with that story and those characters. But I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. All right. I know it's a mini episode. And we're already probably at the hour we're mark or something. Yeah. Um, but let me move over from Netflix over to Amazon. All right. 
where I've been taking a slow walk through the entire run of Columbo, which you can watch on like IMDb TV or something through Amazon where it's free, yeah. but you, they still have commercials, which is okay. Um, but now I'm still only on like season two. I think I'm finishing season two of Columbo and I'm on an episode right now that stars Lawrence Harvey as the killer. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, Colombo is fun for a lot of reasons, but but certainly not least of which is how many sort of like old school Hollywood stars yeah. are are really committing themselves to acting it Columbo's up. Colombo's hot at the moment. A lot is of it? people loving Colombo. Oh. oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I- Aaron's kids <laughs> oh. they got on the Colombo oh, train too. That's good. You know, his kids are complete weirdos. They're awesome. Uh, they're obsessed with like the Andrew sisters and stuff like that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. How old are they? Uh, I think like uh, 14 and 10, 11, maybe. Yeah. That's great. Um, uh, I started watching this movie on Amazon called Record City, which I'd never seen. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. We- it's a weird, It's you know, it's so weird because that movie didn't exist anywhere in the consciousness and then oddly about five years ago people started finding it uh i think they i saw it on this which is one of our like vhf movie channels and uh i think they must have it in constant play because people are always like talking about like have you this is the worst thing i've ever seen you know that's shot on videotape yeah and transferred to film yeah that makes sense it's got that look to it and because it looks like a teen Which, comedy, by the way, it. isn't that, that feels like, what was that movie? One of those Fred Willard movies that you covered? Um, Americathon? No, 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 no. Maybe it wasn't oh. a Fred Willard. It was that one. It was like one of those improv, um, and, and it's like an earthquake, and it's like. Oh, God bless us. Yeah, that was also shot on video. Yeah, that I really think. has that um, look. Cracking up. Cracking up. With the fire sign theater guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Have you ever seen Boarding House? That horror movie in Horror Vision. That's, oh, that's video, great. right? That's shot on video yeah, transfer. I it works that. really well for that that particular movie. Mm. Well, Blair Witch, I guess, was shot on video and then transferred to film. Yeah, at that point they had kind of yeah, but they are acknowledging this is video and they kind of made it watch. But but Horror Vision, it looks so bleary and weird that they sold it as a gimmick for Boarding House. And it works. I think the first time I saw Lamora, I thought maybe this was video. It had this weird, some of the scenes had this weird look to it, but it's not. But it's still, that movie's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. I first saw that on Channel 9 yeah. on a Saturday yeah, morning. Yeah, me too. It was the first movie review I ever wrote. Oh, really? I took notes while it was on. Yeah. Yeah. I still have it. Yeah. Yeah. There's that scene. There's a scene where there's this bus crashed or like stalled she's on there's like the zombie bus driver or he's like an old like dying man and she's on the bus and the the woods are surrounded by zombies and he dies and the bus is out of control yes that's that's a scary uh, scary scene it's really scary yeah yeah um speaking of which i started watching because i've been on a james brolin kick for various podcasts and things and i was so i started re-watching for the first time since theaters, uh, Amityville Horror, which is not particularly watchable. Unwatchable, man. But, I mean, from uh, I, I've always, I mean, but like I've tried too. But in a, but in weird ways, like it's weird that they don't like. I'm 20 minutes into it before I gave up, 
And it's sort of only barely acknowledged that, that, that this family, that James Brolin and, and, and what's her name, Margot Kidder, have kids. Like that they, you know, <laughs> yeah. like the kids yeah. aren't in the first couple scenes. And then the first couple scenes where the kids are in it, you just see them in a distance. They're sort of dicking around right. on some waterfront. And you're like, wait, are those their kids? It's I such mean, it's weird a barely professionally made film. Yeah. It really is. And, on, yeah. and then this thing happens with Rod Steiger as the priest. He comes in. Yeah. And it seems like it's totally going to be one of these omen murders. Like there's no way Rod right. Steiger's getting out of this scene alive. But then he does. It's like the house just says, get out of here. And you yeah. know, after he's been attacked by like a million flies that are like going flies, into his mouth yeah. and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I, I didn't realize that Rod Steiger's only in one scene in this movie. And it's, oh, no, he's not. Cause he, Speaking he of Rod Steiger, I don't think we saw this together. Did you ever see American Gothic with him and uh, Lily Munster and Michael J. Pollard? I did. I, I feel like maybe we did see it together. I mean, I'm thinking maybe we did. Maybe we did see that together. Yeah. That was that was pretty terrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then because again because this is podcast related only because I hear people raving about stuff. I started watching uh, a movie I'd never seen. Jess Franco's Count Dracula. Oh yeah, with, with Christopher, Christopher Lee. Lee. Yeah, I, I couldn't make it. Very no, far. I, I never liked that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, the Creeping Flesh. With um, um, no, nah, I never saw it. I know what it is. Yeah. But I don't know. I never saw it. And oh, all right. Here's a memory. This is a true rambling, out of mini episode memory that I just. Do you remember at your house we watched a Liza Minnelli special called Triple Play? No. Oh my God. Okay, this was probably this was '88. I would think. Why? Why were In we the watching? Summer. <laughs> because it was. It just looked hilarious, and it was. Huh. So, Triple Play, it was called. And the premise was it was a drama by Lanford Wilson. a Oh, my God. A romantic comedy, and I can't remember who wrote that, and then a musical by Candor and Ebb, who wrote uh, Cabaret. So, it was three one-act plays in this one-hour ABC special. And the premise of each one was... Uh, the dialogue starts off, what's wrong? Sam found out. Uh, and the song, do you remember this now? No. Because but- <laughs> I still, every so often, if somebody says, what's wrong? I just go, Sam found out. <laughs> and I've looked everywhere for this thing, and I can't find I've not yet been able to find it. But she's like, first, it's a drama by Lanford Wilson. <laughs> and, and then like this chorus boys and stuff going, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Sam found out. That reminds me of these um, things that this sort of scam that goes around the country, these 48-hour film film festival thing, 48-hour oh, yeah. yeah. film challenge, where they get a bunch of suckers to like cough up like a couple hundred bucks to register for this thing. And everyone meets at a bar on a Friday night, and they give everyone their assignments. They're supposed to make a movie in the next 24 hours. And they, but, right. but, but the movies all have to contain the same line of dialogue that they've given everyone. And then right. people get assigned different genres or whatever. Man. Right. So it's exactly like that. Like, like everyone's got to say, like, Liza. what's wrong? <laughs> Sam, Sam found out. out. Oh, God. What the and fuck? And the last one, Sam was her dog. Oh, that was like, the, oh. like her new boyfriend didn't like them. And the middle one was with Lou Gossett as an African prince. How is this not on YouTube or OKR? I don't know, man. Wow. I don't know. And it, it's like just erased. Wow. 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 
Um, okay. Uh, oh, uh, I tried to watch this new movie called Guns Akimbo. I can't watch that shit. I hate yeah. that crap. Terrible. Uh, I did get... Hey, that guy got like Me too or something. Like the movie didn't come right, out. Right, right. Like, yeah, yeah. Right. But but that shit that like I mean that's that's the neo neo grindhouse shit that I can't stand. It, so. It's the um it's that what's what's that series oh crank it's like crank, yeah everyone's trying yeah. to do crank which is a piece of shit to begin with but at least it's right. got its own at least it's a thing right it's its own thing right. it, it it yeah it brought something of its own to the table right yes. but then those guys started doing their own knockoffs of their own thing there's that yeah. one with um. Who's that other asshole that people like? <laughs> Gamer. Who's it? This is the star of Gamer. Oh, oh man. Oh god, I hate that movie. I saw that in the theater for some mm-hmm. reason. Somehow I got fooled into that. Yeah, who's Ugh. that? Who's that action star? That, well, what's his name? Dexter's in it. He, uh, he's the bad guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I can't remember who the action it's star the, was. It's the it's the guy who's in Den of Thieves and uh, those stupid like London's Falling and Olympus is Falling. Oh yeah. It's Gerard, Gerard Butler? Butler. Yeah, he's Gerard the star Butler. of Gamer. That's what yeah. It is. yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I did watch the first half hour and found myself quite enjoying uh, Medea Family Funeral. Uh, well, I saw that in the theater. <laughs> I did. Uh, you know, it's not. You know, it's. I I I like those Eddie Murphy uh, Nutty Professor movies. Yeah. And I really love Norbit. Um, <laughs> Me too. I thought Norbit was hilarious. And this yeah. isn't Norbit, but it's you know it's not that yeah. far off. Like I, no, it's not. And like I said, they're saucy. <laughs> they're saucy. I, that was the big surprise to me. Yeah. Was the the, the constant end bombs and the and the yeah. making jokes about Medea turning tricks and stuff and yeah. and there was actually a, there's actually a pretty tense scene towards the beginning where they get pulled over by a cop. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like right. I don't know. Are they all going to get killed? It's, it seems like it's possible in this movie. Like you know, nobody had died yet, so I was wondering whose funeral they were going to be attending. Um, and then you guys had talked about um, these Italian cop thrillers from the seventies. Yeah, yeah, which I'd never seen any of. But then Jim Healy pointed me in the direction of two of them. And I watched them both, and they were both amazing. The first one is called Big Racket, The Big Racket. Yeah, love that movie. It's great. And then yeah. this movie, which would be, is almost a masterpiece, but uh, it's called Revolver with Oliver yes, Reed. Yes, with Oliver Reed. And the, but the problem is yeah. that it's not Oliver Reed's voice. So you're watching this movie. Yeah, true. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they didn't record his dialogue, which they never, I guess they never do, and they didn't have him dub yeah. his own. Dialogue. Well, because, you know, he was fucking drunk or something when he was supposed to do Yeah, it, so. but that's a great movie. So I need to, I love that. I need yeah. to keep going with my Italian cop thrillers. Jim, yeah, Jim sent you know, me a list of said, like 10 like, of them. Yeah, yeah well, it, it's just, it really, the batting average, it's like, you know, it's it's only only 70s exploitation to me where you just put it on and it's like, yeah. odds are good I'm going to get to the end of this and have a good time. Yeah, and I... And I um, had heard or read Cat Ellinger, or, and of course, like I always hear this title, but I'd never watched it. Daughters of Darkness. Oh yeah, which is now yeah. on Amazon, and uh, that's a cool movie. Yeah, really neat. Yeah, Harv from uh, Cagney and Lacey. The romantic <laughs> <lead>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um. Uh, and then I've been yeah. catching up finally with a bunch of HBO 
shows. Um, I know this much is true with Mark Ruffalo. Have you seen this? No. It's good. No. It's like a based on a Wally Lamb novel. I've never read oh, any Wally I, Lamb. Yeah. But yeah. It's kind of like, um, you know, World According to Garp, that kind of John right. Irving kind of thing. Sure. Uh, this true crime thing with about Michelle McNamara and that Pat Oswalt's wife. Have, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that. But, have you? Yeah. Did you ever read her stuff? I read the book. Yeah, yeah. You're right, because you're involved. And you were involved in like the true crime. I, stuff yeah, no, we were when, when that case broke. I was at Crime Feed, so that was that was what we focused on, right. Quite intensely. Um, and then this thing that's kind of like if Girls was in London and the cast was all black. This thing called "I May Destroy You." No, that sounds good. It's really good. That one. Hmm. Really good. Really good. Check that yeah. out. I will and, because uh, we watch a London. Uh, oh, the show Bubblegum, which is really good. Oh, where's that? It's about a, 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 young, a young black woman in London. Oh. That I think is on Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember. What There's one. another. The woman who's the star of um, uh, uh, I May Destroy You. Her name is Michaela Cole, and she she's got another show that's on Netflix. I can't remember what the name of it is. That's slightly. This might be the same actress. Might be. Might be the same actress. But that show isn't bubblegum. But it's possible that she's been in 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 more than two series. I don't know, but that sounds good. Yeah. Um, No, I'm very into London, British, and Australian accents on my TV shows. Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, you know, because the show we we binged uh, last year was uh, Kath and Kim, that Australian sitcom. You ever seen that? No. Oh my god! Didn't they try to do an American version of that? They did with uh, Molly. Um, why can't I think with with Selma Blair and and why can't I think you know Mary Catherine from SNL? Right. Uh, um, Jesus, Molly. Yeah. <laughs> Superstar. Yeah. I can't think of her. I, I never saw that, but but the good lord, is that funny? I saw Superstar. It's one of the one of the few. Um, one of the few Saturday Night Live films I that I thought was okay. <laughs> but you said you didn't see I'm it. A, huh? Do you, no, no, no. I saw Superstar. Oh, you did? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying I can't think of her Molly name. Molly Shannon. And I was trying to remember. Molly Shannon. I was saying, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I, I've seen all. I saw The Ladies Man. I saw, And I, I am a huge fan of Coneheads. I think Coneheads is a terribly underrated movie. What about I the like Al- the night at the Roxbury. <laughs> what about the Al Franken thing? Uh, the steward Stuart saves Smart, his family. Yeah. I thought it was okay, but it was ambitious. But uh, yeah, was there, an when, it's, when, was there an It's Pat movie? Oh God, was there ever? Yeah, and it, it boy, talk about a movie out. that missed its moment. Now you know. Well, but but now like she's <laughs> taking heat for that. For Is Pat. she? Yeah, and I can't think like on some show, hmm. some some you know some post Lena Dunham show, she's on it. Um, she's also on that really good show on uh, Shrill, the uh, eighty. Uh, we're just gonna remember SNL actresses' first names today. And, uh, <laughs> I like that show quite a bit, and I like Lindy West, that writer, quite a bit because uh, you know I like you know like I. I this is the weird thing about living now. You know, I've always liked extreme kooks and, and you know, I used to love to listen to like screaming right wing radio and conspiracy theories. Like none of that is fun anymore. But uh, 
But Lindy West truly writes at the top of her lungs, and I always appreciated that. So, hmm. and the show is not like that. But uh, where is Shrill? Where where can I find Shrill? That is on Hulu. Okay. Why am I? Is it? It's not eighty. Is it eighty Bryant? Yeah, it's gotta be. I don't know. Hey, I don't know. I I never. I don't know any of these Saturday Night Live people. Oh Lord. Yeah. Like, 80. I finally got introduced to the. What is that bit that they do? It's a song. It's about. Um, Young ladies coming back from college after their first yeah, semester. Yeah, I couldn't stand those things. Every week that was just... Were just <laughs> That's rapping. your show, man. <laughs> oh, it's the worst, dude. What can I tell you? And then this year, they kind of fixed it, and uh-huh. then the voice had to just break down in the middle. Yeah. No, you suffer like seven of the worst, just, just torturous things. You can, and then you, then you get a half a season that's really good, and you just keep coming, so... Yeah. All right, so the one last thing that I've been trying to watch and really sort of hate watching, because I really don't like this guy at all, this Matthew Reese, Matthew Rice, uh, the guy who was on The Americans. And now he's got this show on HBO called Perry Mason, which annoys the fuck out of me, first of all, because it's like a... Perry Mer- Perry Mason origin story, like before Perry Mason is a lawyer. <laughs> before he got fat. Yeah, like before before yeah. yeah yeah it's crazy. Like who needs that? And I just don't like that guy. He's Was one it of those- set in contemporary times? No 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 no. It's set in like the Great Depression or World oh, War. Oh so so wow so it's the, he will become Raymond Burr as Perry yes. Mason. Mm-hmm. Is Young Hamilton Burger in it? <laughs> yes. Uh, no, I don't know that. They, you know, I don't even know. It's it's it's. I just. They look like they spent like five million dollars in an episode on it. Um, yeah. And I just don't like that actor. He's one of those guys. He's one of the. You know, there's plenty of actors yeah. who are hiding British accents and do it. Oh yeah. Really yeah. well, and that guy, I just always hear him trying to sound American and not quite doing it. Pain in my ass. Wow. He was in that. Uh, he was in that movie that they made, that Mister Rogers movie with um, Tom Hanks as Mister Rogers. See it. Yeah, yeah. But it, like, it's one of those movies where it's like, okay, Mister Rogers is in it, but it's really about this other guy, like oh, the guy yeah. who introduced no, yeah. Mister Rogers. <laughs> First off, I was a little Mister Fucking Rogers out by the time that thing yeah. came out. Right, because there'd been two documentaries the year before. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it was like, oh, now we got the Tom Hanks as the supporting role. And yeah. I was not charmed by the commercial, which had people singing to him on the subway. Oh, like, I know. That's very nice. Yeah. As yeah, a, that was agony. Yeah, I know. I know. We're all traumatized by what's going on in the world. But please. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, all right. Well, that's... <laughs> we've talked Are we for late for something hour. else? Well, in 15 minutes, we have another meeting. So. Okay. Very good. Well, thank you, Ben. This is uh, quite the mini-ep. Yeah, and then we'll... All right, uh, we'll, fairly uh, well. I'll, you want to end with our old uh, catchphrase? <laughs> fuck you, Bill de Blasio. I, can't, I really meant exactly. to do it this week. <laughs> um, yeah, fuck you, Bill de Blasio. So much. <laughs>